Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and I'm pleased to be here today with Dr. Adam Rogers, good friend and colleague, vitreoretinal retinal surgeon and CEO of Hemera. Correct. So, Adam, welcome to Retina Synthesis. Thanks, Carmen. Thank you for inviting me. So, uh, Hemera has a very exciting approach to the treatment of geographic atrophy, and in fact, macular degeneration in general. Could you discuss the, the basic biology of Hemera's approach? Our, our approach is to block complement. Um, different than many of the other companies that are out there, we have always taken the approach that we want to block at the very end of the complement cascade or you know, where complement is having its activity on the cell membrane. So you know, really the end organ um, extent of complement. So for, for us, that's membrane attack complex. So when complement forms, C5B, 6, 7, and 8, recruit C9, we block C9 from coming in and forming the membrane attack complex, which sits on the plasma membrane and then leads to damage to the cell. So our approach has always been block MAC, keep the upstream complement cascade intact, and uh, that's how we do it. And so MAC is involved with both geographic atrophy and with uh, wet AMD, is that right? That's correct. Um, there is evidence that membrane attack complex and increase leads to an upregulation of VEGF. Um, we've seen that in animal studies where we were able to block both crotonevascularization and membrane attack complex. We've also seen it in our preclinical and clinical studies, obviously. In clinical studies in our dry AMD, when we enrolled 17 subjects, we had no patients that converted to wet macular degeneration. And then we also have a parallel wet AMD study, really looking at can we reduce the amount of VEGF load that we need, a number of injections over a year. And we've, we've found a reduction in, in, the, in the need for VEGF in our treated patients. I don't anticipate that this is a first-line treatment, for wet AMD, but it allowed us to test more patients. They were obviously getting the standard of care as well. Um, look for additional side effects, see if there's any interaction with the anti-VEGFs, and then also to see if we can reduce the VEGF need in these patients, and we did notice that. Well, one of the things that's really exciting about Hemera's approach is that it's a gene therapy. So Correct. a single injection could treat a patient for a lifetime. So can you talk about the gene therapy uh, aspects of the project? Sure. I think actually that's the one thing that when Jay Duker, Elias Rochelle, and Rajendra Kumar Singh and I all sat down 11, 12 years ago to form Hamira, the one thing that we wanted to do was be able to give patients one single injection in the office that would last them a lifetime. And obviously this was at the height of anti-VEGF. We're still in the anti-VEGF era. And these drugs are really, I would call them grand slam home runs, but they have to be administered so often. I think every, everything that you see now is how do we limit the number of injections? What can we do to limit the burden of patients coming in? And so we immediately went towards gene therapy. We, you, we, using um, CD59, you almost need a gene therapy. The half-life is so short that it's about 20 minutes so that you really need something where the cells are pumping out continuous levels of CD59 in order to have an effect. So the transgene product is soluble CD59? Solid, correct. It's soluble CD59. We all have CD59 all over the plasma membrane of our cells. 
what we're doing is just solubilizing it so that when we infect the retina, we don't need to infect every single cell within the macula. We're, we're infecting an annular ring around the fovea and soluble CD59 is pumped out and it can diffuse throughout the retina, get into the RP and into the choroid. So it's being produced by the outer, the inner nuclear layer or? Correct, correct. Ganglion cell layer. Ganglion cell layer. Yeah. So? So it's very similar to, if you look at almost all the other AAV2 gene therapies, those, it's, it's very similar to that. They all infect the retina around the fovea in an annular ring. So what do the phase one trials look like? Phase one study was really a classic, um, uh, classic dose escalation study. Um, we got up to about 1.8 times 10 to the 11th vector genomes, basically three patients in each arm of each dose. Uh, and we kept ratcheting up until we, until we hit what was our high level that we had seen in primates. We've actually gone a little bit higher in the wet AMD study and had very little side effects. So it's really, really in the phase one, you're looking for side effects, any dose limiting, limiting toxicity, looking for inflammation. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously from our standpoint, we were also looking at effect as well. We were looking at, at a reduction in geographic atrophy growth. And what we saw was very similar to what you see with the Pellis or Iveric which is um, every six months you, you see a continued reduction in, in GA growth. So um, right now we're in between phase one and phase two, is that right? Correct, correct. And, and um, the plan is to start a phase two, three. Obviously that's, that's now we, we've, um, Janssen Pharmaceuticals has purchased the HMR59 asset. And so that's, that will be left up to them as, as uh, as it moves forward. Was it a challenging process to find a partner? Um, yes, I think it's always challenging. It, it, you know, running a business like Camara is difficult. Um, you have to raise money, you have to manufacture drug, uh, you have to keep clinical trials going. It's really, it, it, was, it was completely different. It was a different experience than what I had dealt with before in practice. Um, but obviously, when we first started out with Hamira, looking for funding, gene therapy was not in a not very favorable. I mean, it's really favorable, you know, today. But you know, eight or nine years ago, when we were looking for funding. People were not investors were not willing to invest in this type of technology. And actually, there's been a cycle of interest in complement blockade for treatment of geographic atrophy. That's gone up and down, too. That's, that's gone up and down. I think it's on the up at this point in time. I think, you know, when you see results from Iveric and when you see results from uh, Apellis, it, it, you know, it's a rising tide. It helps everyone at this point in time. And now you've seen other groups that are jumping in the complement space, whereas probably two years ago, it was really just ourselves. Um, Apellis, maybe Gemini, and now you've got Gyroscope and other groups that are jumping into the arena. So it's becoming uh, a packed field. How do you differentiate yourself from the, the competition like Gyroscope? I think it's the gene therapy approach and the safety profile. I don't know what others have. I mean, obviously we've seen Apellis has had some issues with wet macular degeneration. Um, there's been some issues with infection in both the pellets and Iveric, not huge ones, but blips that, that we haven't experienced um, 
at, uh, at Hamira. Um, a single injection with the good safety profile, what that allows us to do, we feel, is that to start to treat patients earlier in the disease state. If you're giving a month-by-month -month injection, it's going to be very difficult to take a patient that has moderate dry macular degeneration and convince them that for the rest of their life, they're going to need a single monthly injection to maintain their vision. Whereas we strongly feel that we can start to go earlier in the disease state to treat these patients if the injection continues to pump out CD59 over their life. So, so this is something presumably if we identify those patients with intermediate AMD, uh, they might be actually treatment candidates. Uh, absolutely. It's been mean? our, we, we've believed that for a number of years, that that's a possibility. But I think as far as from a regulatory standpoint, I think the first step is showing that it slows progression of geographic atrophy in patients with advanced disease. Well, that's exciting. Um, can we circle back a little bit about the wet macular degeneration story? Sure. Um, uh, what, what did you find in that? that? This was a small subgroup of patients that you looked at. In our wet AMD study? Right, in wet AMD. Well, really, you know, I think if you take a step back farther, um, the one way that we activated complement um, in the mouse model was by using a laser uh, crotony vascular membrane, the laser CNV model that we're all very familiar with in ophthalmology and retina. And so if we pre-treat the eyes with um, our drug HMR59 that pumps out soluble CD59 and we pre-treat them about 10 days before the laser, we're able to show um, about a 60, 70% reduction in both crotony vascularization formation as well as complement activation or the level of membrane attack complex formation. When we got into the phase one study, we then saw a correlation with that where no patients were converting to wet AMD and we followed these patients over a two year period. And you would expect one or two of these patients to have converted and no one did. And so then we really, we just did a, um, which started off as 10 patients and then we expanded it to 25, which was you know, really looking at new onset patients with wet AMD, you know, start them with one injection of a, of a, a Vastin, say any anti-VEGF, we left it up to the uh, treating ophthalmologist, followed that up seven days later with an injection of our drug, HMR59, and then treated them if they had a drop in vision, increase in fluid, really the standard, standard, standard clinical um, settings that you would retreat a patient. Um, we followed them over the year to see how they did and how many injections that they needed. And what'd you find? We found about that we found that the patients required on average about two and a half to three anti-VEGFs over a 12-month period after the first injection at day zero. Yeah. And I think I, I don't remember off the top of my head the data right now. I would say of the 25 patients, uh, I think five to seven didn't require any further additional injections. So we definitely had a signal. As I said, I don't feel strongly that it's a first line treatment for wet AMD, but it may be in the setting if you have enough soluble CD59 floating around in a patient with moderate or even advanced dry AMD, that may be enough to diminish the increase in VEGF to convert the patient over to wet AMD down the road. So let's talk about your career, Adam. Uh, before you became a full-time CEO of, of Hamera, you were a very busy and successful vitreo retinal surgeon at the New England Eye Center and Tufts University School of Medicine. I, I, was, I was your fellow. I 
Was that last <laughs> week? Or? That was a few years ago. Yes. That was a few years ago. No, Correct. And you inherited my practice when I left to, and went to Miami, but I, I did. Um, what was the transition like from world one to world two and well, crossover between both worlds? You know, at, it, it's really, it was something that was needed when I was running my practice full time. And then obviously the four of us were running Hemira and it just became, especially as we got into clinical trials, it, it was difficult to run both the practice and then be fielding phone calls from, you know, clinical trial sites, FDA, places like that, or, or vendors. And so, you know, and then any work that I would do would be from seven to midnight, you know, any of the writing or, or and on weekends. And it just got to a point where, and I think anyone that starts a company like Mira, if other retina specialists were to jump into this, you get to a point where you either need to bring in a CEO or one of the founders needs to run the company full time, especially when you're raising uh, capital or, or, or fundraising, you really need to, you need to create a company. And we really reached that point around 2016, 2017 was when uh, the group got together and decided, you know, it was time for me to start to transition out of my practice and run the, run the company full time. And it really freed me up to deal with all the regulatory, deal with all the vendors, and then deal with uh, obviously investors that wanted to come in because they don't have a schedule that is conducive uh, when you have a full-time practice. You know, they want to meet Wednesday at two and, or, you know, Monday at nine o'clock, let's have a meeting. And it's just really difficult to work around your, your clinic or surgical schedule. And that's really when I decided it was time to, uh, to leave and, and run the company full-time. So you continued some clinical practice as well, right? I did up until actually the end of June. And then I, then, then I stopped seeing patients full-time at that point. Um, and so I don't know what's going to happen. You know, now, now with the Janssen deal, I, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen here. I'm, I'm helping them transition the asset over to their company at this point. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen from a, clin from a clinical standpoint where my, you know, professionally where I'll go. Well, you may be reincarnated. Yet again. I might be. It's day by, I'm, I'm day by day right now. Yeah, that's great. Well, Adam, this has been a great conversation, exciting things ahead for the HMR product and uh, you're to be congratulated for bringing this forward. So it will be a benefit to our uh, patients in the future. Thanks And that's a lot. our goal. And I think when we, when we all founded the company, that was our mission. Our mission, you know, I'm sure you've been there before where you have patients that sit in the seat and are like, and you, and you have to tell them there's nothing more that you can do. And that's, that's why we started the company um, it's why I stayed with the company and continued to move it forward. And um, I know that we all started Hamira, you know, strictly for that mission, which which was to give patients an option when we had no option. And, and so, but thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Good, good. See you, Adam. Thanks, Carmen.